the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 74 of the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. I'm Paul, and we've got a great show coming up. But first, a word from our sponsors. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Notice anything different about Paul's recording there? You should. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) That was all done by Synthetic Paul, or AI Paul. I don't really have a name for him yet, but that is my (laughs) newly minted uh, Vocal ID-produced synthetic voice. And we thought we'd play some live sound based on what we normally do. So what'd you think? I thought it was really interesting. It's it's close. I could tell it was AI personally, but I can definitely see, and we'll talk about it more in a second, about some of the potential applications for this level, or like AI at its current level of sophistication. Yeah, it's hard for me to have an objective ear because I don't have an objective ear when I'm voicing stuff normally. You know, when we're doing auditions, (laughs) we go back and edit stuff. We do retakes ourselves when we're self-directing. So... There's many things I would find wrong with Synthetic Paul that I would have corrected, but maybe it's good enough for some applications. Uh, listeners, please let us know either on our Facebook page or let us know in Twitter uh, or just email us. We'd love to hear your, your impressions of the AI voice and where we can take it from here. So as you guys can tell, the theme for today's episode is AI, or Artificial Intelligent Voices dun, dun, dun. and Synthetic Voices. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, some people are, are scared of it. Some people hate it and are angry. Some people are a little bit more, like, are cautiously optimistic. So we, since it's really kind of the, um, the topic of the day right now, we really wanted to talk about it. And, and we actually got a great guest, uh, Rolf Veldman from Voice123, who actually did a prolonged study over the last year, kind of passing off uh, vocal samples to different clients, to different voice talent, and actually getting a survey, uh, a report that you can actually view on their website, a, uh, an AI voices survey that actually talks about his findings and what, what some, like, where voice clients on the scale of acceptance, right? Like, some like it, some don't. We're, it's still very much the wild, wild west, as we've heard over and over again. 
Yes, uh, the report from Voice123 was called the AI Voices Report 2021, and we'll talk to Rolf in depth about that in a few minutes. But first, related to Voice123, and I know I'm going to lose a lot of friends here, but what the heck, I'm going to do it anyway. I created a voice for Voice123 and synthetic voice for that platform as well. And it's currently out there on my Voice123 platform, competing with other voice actors and, to some extent, myself. So the way it's set up is that I have my regular profile on Voice123 that I've always had, where people can go and hire me for my voice. And then there's a drop-down list that says AI samples. So you can select from, just in general, character, commercial, uh, political, I think I have up there, podcast, you know, all the normal demo categories we, we tend to have samples for. But then there's also the drop-down for the AI version. And you can hire AI, regular Paul, or both, or some combination thereof. So, again, sorry people who are firmly in the hold up the cross and bury your head in the sand camp, but I think this is the way forward. Uh, very much, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing. And using a company like Voice123, who has always been upfront about what they're doing, and this AI Voices report is even more evidence of that. In my opinion, they're a pretty upstanding company that does not hide what they're doing, and I'd rather work with them than against them. Yeah, and as Rolf mentions in the interview in a few minutes, like these are two separate industries, guys. They're not going to stop developing this technology because a couple of actors are butthurt about it. Okay, so, um, and I, we all fear the worst, don't we? I mean, it's, it's a very popular sci-fi trope of being replaced and losing humanity to the machines and stuff like that. But I think you'll find this resounding trend, both in the report and in, in discussions, that it's not there yet. Okay, we're not we're not able to replace people for a lot of projects and it's not going to be like that for a while. But some of the interesting things from the report that I saw is that that being said, there are some clients who are still interested if the return on investment is there. Like if it is much, much cheaper to produce, then they might be then that that uh, that cost benefit analysis might swing in its favor. Right. I remember. Um, Pat Fraley, I w was working at a workshop with him and somebody had asked this question even then, like five or 10 years ago about should we be afraid of AI? And he's just like, people are gonna hire actors until it's cheaper to use a machine, right? <laughs> like until it's cheaper to, t uh, to input all that information, to direct the machine and stuff like that, um, until it's just easier to work with. So again, that's a far way off. And some clients just, that's not a priority for them. They want, the human element. They want a creative. They want to work with an artist. They might be an artist themselves or they, or they value quality of the performance above the cost. So I think we're going to see that a lot. So it's kind of the same things with like companies that flock to Fiverr or Casting Call Club or some of those lower paying online casting sites. The lowball clients are always going to be lowball and are always looking for getting the most value for their money, right? And honestly, do you even really want to work with those people? So, um, but, and, and I, but, I think it's a big uh, but. You oh, might okay. be able to go, make go up. Ahead. You might be able to make up on some of those platforms in volume with AI. What you can't make up for in in lost time when you're you're giving away your services as a voice actor and wearing out your voice and doing editing work that is unnecessary for five dollars. So I've actually started doing this already. I've, in some cases, pitched the synthetic version of myself on freelancer or upwork and, and as a as a discount and said 
Here's the price it's based on the GBAA rate guide, sponsor of the show, by the way. If you want the AI version, it's a third. Does that interest you at all? So far, no takers on that, but I think that could be a way forward. Maybe it's like the, the iTunes original business model. If anyone is old enough to remember Napster or some of the older <laughs> downloading services that were just letting people download everything through a giant fire hose in the early days of the internet, every song you could possibly get pirated for free. iTunes, there were some legal issues behind Napster and why it was eventually shut down, but before that really happened, they were crippled by iTunes' massive purchasing power and making things so easy to download and use that the price, and, and the price being right as well, in the early days, 99 cents, that it was easier to buy it legally and download it than it was to go onto Napster and, and download it illegally. So I think the same business model can be applied to some low-hanging fruit, so to speak, in the voiceover world, where if you make the price attractive enough, and it's not that much work for you, and honestly, it's not for these AI voices, you don't actually have to speak, then it might be worth it to make up the, the difference in volume. Man, you're, you're making me even more of a convert there, Paul. But again, <laughs> it's just, I, I've always admired your stands. Like I said in the interview, technology is neutral, right? It's people who are evil or bad or whatever, right? It's what people choose to do with it. And I love that you, from the very beginning, have thought, how do I make this work for me? right? Rather than fearing how it's going to replace you, right? Well, well that's like, my, well, that's if my it approach replaces to all the work I don't want to do, then what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of my approach to everything is I'm always looking for an angle. But I think in this case, it, it could be beneficial. And like you said, people, technology is not evil. People are either good or evil. And I think that if we support companies that are doing good in the business, just like we support companies who do good in any business, I think that's the way to, to eliminate the competition of some of these nefarious people who are stealing voices and making AI versions of, of voice actors based off of auditions or low-paying jobs that people don't read the fine print on or flat-out lied to about. If we support the good companies like Vocal ID, who I think is fantastic, Rupal Patel, who is the owner and founder, is an absolute genius, and I love her to death. And then Voice123, who seems to be doing things the right way as well. It's still early, but the, they, they were never hiding this fact about the, the voice, uh, the synthetic voices they were doing. I remember Rolf talking about it in, a, in an interview at uh, a conference, I think, two years ago, mentioning it. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh. But he flat out told everybody what they were doing. And now they've done it again and he said, here's the results. So working with the good companies, the good players in the business, I think, is how we'll, we'll beat them. Awesome. Well, just to be fair and diplomatic, let's talk about the potential negative consequences. So, you guys might know, but Bev Standing, a well-known Canadian talent, is in the middle of a legal battle with TikTok because they purchased her voice assets from another trans from a Chinese translation company, and that was outside the purview of her contract of usage. They were not given permission to use that or to distribute it beyond their company. So, so she's in the middle of that, and that's very scary because it's very much one actor against a very large company. But there, there's a wonderful GoFundMe page that you can actually uh, support Bev uh, to help pay for some of the legal fees as well. A number of people in the voiceover community have, have really stepped up to try and help fuel that. And even GVAA, Global Voice Acting Academy, has been interviewed for a number of news outlets, both through the, the LA Times and, and Vice, uh, one of their sub-magazines, Motherboard, talking about the sort of wild, wild west nature of this and 
all the more reason for us to be knowledgeable and proactive in protecting ourselves because like you may have heard with with the the certain deep fake insertions for for Anto or Anthony Bourdain's recent documentary where the producer actually used a synthetic voice to allegedly bring life to some quotes that he had he had written but never spoke right and even he was like he was kind of like worry about the ethics about it later i was trying to make a documentary now kind of thing so love it or hate that but again this is what is possible for this technology to do right right now so imagine five ten years down the line if you continue to keep your head in the sand just how far you might be in danger of of shooting yourself in the foot and like making yourself irrelevant yeah it's a definite possibility the, the key is to read the fine print of anything you're signing and you should always do that anyway regardless of whether it's synthetic tts or ai voices you should always be reading the fine print of anything you sign not everybody does that i've been guilty of this myself where i had a voice uh, a video game idea to appear on cbs is the amazing race and got didn't get paid a dime for it because i'm a dumbass but but Read the fine print of what you're signing, especially when it comes to synthetic versions of your voice or TTS. And one thing that I'm curious about, and I, I don't even begin to have an answer for it, but I wonder how this is going to change usage agreements, right? With For things like commercial casting, for example, because uh, one, we, we recently had Hugh Klitsky on here, who is a director for many commercials, and he had the unpopular opinion that AI voices like are ideal for replacing commercials because it's short form, right? And you might not be able to notice the the chinks in the armor on shorter content, right? Oh, you may so, not care. I was watching a commercial the other day for um, Hamilton, touring version of Hamilton, and it, I was in a suburb of Philadelphia at the time. So they were playing <laughs> one of the songs from the show, and they said, coming to your city. And I said to, I think it was my mom who was in the room at the time, I said, wow, that's... um." That's really cheap on that commercial because normally they'd hire someone to say, coming to Cincinnati, coming to Muncie, coming to Seattle. But instead, they just said, your city. Now, that's a spot where I think an AI version of a voice actor could be used because you could just crank out all the city names where Hamilton is going and pay a fraction of what you would pay probably to the actual actor to record all those tags. Definitely. And, um, and it's already, like, I'm a big fan of YouTube personally, and YouTube commercials with AI voices are they're everywhere, right? And, and again, that goes back to very often a, a client with a lower budget who might be willing to, who values, uh, like who values value over quality, right? And then, and I see a lot with, um, for example, listicle videos, right? Like you'll see all sorts of like, for example, the channel Marvelous Videos, who does a lot of like top 10 scariest Spider-Man villains or something like that. Um, You'll notice weird trends, like when they say, oh, this character weighs 200 LBS. You're like, oh, they should have said pounds there. Stuff like mm -hmm. that. So um, so definitely it's not perfect, but it's it's ubiquitous already. So again, it's just, we'll, we'll say this over and over again, but don't turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to this. Now, one thing you said at the outset, and you'll hear, our listeners will hear Rolf echo this as well. We need to pump the brakes a little bit, and in a lot of ways, it's not quite there yet. I can hear it, like I mentioned, in my own synthetic voice. It's not something I would ever try to pass off as my own all the time, except for the beginning of this podcast, just more as a, as a lark. But I've seen a backlash already from bad AI voices just in the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's because I'm hyper-vigilant to it. It's like when you buy a Honda, and then suddenly every other car you see on the road is a Honda. 
But I've been getting auditions from, from different companies where it says, uh, we only want a human voice, or in all caps, human voices only, no AI. And even an e-learning job that I'm doing right now, they hired, hired me on Freelancer for a 30, no, sorry, 15-hour e-learning job. And after they already hired me, they said, wait, we just need to make sure this is going to be all your voice, right? No computer-generated voices. So I think companies are getting burned by bad AI right now. And again, it points to my, it goes back to my point about making sure we work with companies who are doing good work and creating good versions of our, of our voices for synthetic use to make sure that the industry has some, some way forward for both human and synthetic voices, because there is a backlash already, I think. And a reminder to ourselves to do good work, right? To not be lazy, to not cut counter, or corners, to have a quality product, right? Otherwise, to make it all the more, or to make us all the more irreplaceable. Yeah, although on the plus side, I have been accused of sometimes sounding robotic on certain auditions. So now I can say, oh, yeah, well, th you think that's robotic? Here, listen to this. I was like, that was an artistic choice before, but here you go. <laughs> but I might be able to, uh, to make myself more, more uh, palatable by playing the AI version of myself against it. Uh, but we'll see. That's way down the road. I hope we've sort of stoked the fire to get you to think a little bit differently about this controversial topic, but this is just the tip of the iceberg because we've got our interview with Rolf right after these messages. Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Hi, everybody. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know about Studio Bricks. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. Hi, everybody. We are very pleased to introduce our next guest. Rolf Feldman is CEO of Voice123, the world's first and largest online marketplace for professional voice actors. An impassioned storyteller, Rolf considers himself an entrepreneurial historian who loves board games, scuba diving, cycling, and doing his bit to change the world for the better. At Voice123, Rolf spearheads a widely diverse and fully remote team that has set itself to the task of crafting the future of the voiceover industry. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Rolf Feldman. How are you doing, Rolf? Very nice to be here. Very nice to meet all of you. Thank you, uh, Sean and Paul, for that. I was a bit overwhelmed by that intro. It sounds <laughs> like I'm this, uh, <laughs> this is, I'm very well-rounded guy. It makes me actually a bit nervous of, but if I'm going to contribute anything significant here. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm sure you'll live up to the hype. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. 
Well, Ralph, Sean and I are familiar with Voice123. We both have Good. profiles on there and have for years. We've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast. But we wanted to bring you in today specifically to talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and synthetic voices, because Voice123 recently released the AI Voices Report 2021, which was years in the making. And I wanted to know, can you tell us how they came about and the genesis of it, really? Yeah, sure. No, of course. So it is actually years in the making, and I have to go back all the way to like 2016 uh, when I joined the Voice on the Three team. And I basically asked them, what is the biggest opportunity in voiceover? And what is the biggest threat to Voice on the Three? And already then, the, the founders who were still very active back then were talking about there's this thing, machine learning is building synthetic voices, uh, AI, is it going to impact the voiceover industry? And if so, how much will Voice of the Three suffer from that? Because we are a platform where there's more, there's work for voice actors. That means that Voice of the Three exists. If there's less work for voice actors, then Voice of the Three is in trouble. What about this AI thing? So all the way back then is when we started first thinking about it. And in the last couple of years, we saw more and more signs of it picking up, more and more companies starting to build the technology. We actually tried in 2016 to build our own version of a text-to-speech model Turns out that's wildly complex, and we're not at all good at that. We should leave that to the experts. But what we what we got from that is that this technology is out there. It's improving fast. How is it going to shape the industry for the next decade? Because we know that we were a changing form in the early 2000s. I would say that maybe in 2010, like the cheaper hardware, meaning more accessibility to microphones, etc., has changed the industry in the last couple of years. And I think AI is going to be the next one. What we wanted to do is better understand where AI is going to change the VO industry and how we can help shape it for the better. So what we did for the last uh, year almost is that we ran an experiment. So we tried to find uh, a wide variety of AI voiceovers uh, created by other companies, and we tried to create profiles of them on Voice onto 3. And we added a functionality to our platform that whenever a client is requesting an audition, they can also say, I would like to have an AI version. And whenever they enabled that functionality, we started to show them an AI voice. And we started to interact with those clients to better understand, hey, how good do you think this is? Would you hire this? What would you hire this for? At what price would you pay for it? Uh, do you think it's good enough? Uh, what are your worries? What are other thoughts that you have? Uh, we tried to basically get as much information as possible for a year. So it's been out on our platform for a while. And out of all that data, we compiled the report. And our goal was we need to be as transparent as possible with this. So let's share every single insight so that, let's say, AI voiceover is going to change, uh, let's say, the category of IVRs or, or gaming. Our voice actors should know about this because if that's the majority of their income, they might have an opportunity to pivot. Well, that's a very scary way to approach it. We also saw plenty of opportunities uh, for how AI can positively influence the industry. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like a very thoughtful and thorough experiment that you guys did. Can you and and for those who don't know, they did release the findings to the public so you can find them. Um, I believe it was called your AI survey as well. And so let's talk about that. Can you share some of the interesting findings from that report? Yeah. So we realized step one is that most people don't think it's good enough. And um, by the majority of our Clients and our voice actors say the quality of AI is simply not good enough, but let me try it. Or it's not good enough, but uh, if it's really cheap, I want to use it. 
which means that there's a difference between what people are saying and what they will actually do. And what we saw <laughs> is that they wouldn't necessarily use AI for a lot of projects, um, most, most likely not in broadcastable projects. But if you, if you dumb down the voiceover industry to saying, okay, there's voiceover work that has, uh, on a scale of one to five, uh, needs, requires a level one to two level of acting versus like four or five, like the top tier of acting. And we saw these, these, these voiceover clients really interested in utilizing AI solutions for step one and two, which is like the lower segment of, or the middle segment, whatever you want to call it, depends on your, uh, your definition of the quality of, of VO work. And we realized the first thing that they wanted to use it for was IVRs, uh, small animated projects, uh, long form and short form e-learning uh, projects. But at the same time, they would only pay a very low value for it so that's one of the initial insights that we had we try to look deeper into that and it's not necessarily in a report but i already realized that how ai is behaving is basically it's mirroring how the voiceover industry is behaving there let's say there's a hundred thousand voice actors in the world maybe two to five thousand are really really good and then there's a middle section that's okay and there's a section that's not so good and it's the same with uh with how we perceive ai is going to work some really good voice actors are going to use the AI technology to make it an asset for themselves, to turn it into passive income, to sell character versions of themselves, to go local. By local, I mean go into different languages and maybe extend their reach to, to add different genders, different vocal ranges to their portfolio. While at the lower tier, the, the AI might not be a solution at all. I might be going too deep straight away, but these are some, some of the things that fascinated me. Because if you read the report, you can say 50%, you can see 50% of the voice buying clients said they would use it for translated or localized content. And that's banking on the change that's already happening in the industry where there's more dynamic content, more short form content. It needs to be now and it needs to be in every single language at the same time, yet it needs to be universal. And that's where instead of working with multiple actors to deliver all these different kind of things for the short form audio pieces, AI can really help uh, people fulfill their, their voiceover needs. And as a voice actor, that creates a lot of opportunity to expand your reach. No, that makes perfect sense. And I tend to agree, actually. So that's one thing that surprised you. But what would you say was the most surprising aspect of the report? The most surprising aspect is that a large section of the people that we showed it to didn't even, didn't even realize they were listening to AI, while I feel I always understand when I'm listening to AI. Hmm. So it confirmed or it reconfirmed the bubble that we're in in the voiceover industry, is that we think we're in the voiceover industry, but basically the only people who are in the voiceover industry are voice actors and companies like Voice Onto 3. The people outside have a very different, the people who are buying voiceover have a very different expectations of what high quality voiceover is versus low quality. Because I always think it's not good enough when I listen to an AI voice, but I know that people who buy voiceover have a very different palette. Palette is more for taste, but what's the palette of the ear? Help me out here. Uh, There's no such thing, right? No, there isn't really. <laughs> There's no such thing. Let's invent a word. But they have a different, they have a different range of what they find acceptable, of what they find good, or they find bad, or they find uh, really good. So if if we would put all these AI voices in front of you, me, we would all say no, 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 poor, 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 poor. And that so many people thought it was good enough uh, was really surprising to me. 
Very interesting. So this topic is definitely a hot button topic right now. It seems to come up in the VO community every day. Why are people so scared of AI voices and should they be? I think for the same reason that we were scared a couple of years ago, because if I listen to the word AI voice, I think it's going to replace us, right? It's going to replace, uh, it's going to replace humans uh, or human voiceover work. And I think that's how people view any major change that is it going to be for the good or for the better, especially when it's out, when it's not out in the open. Because we, we hear news items, we hear the, uh, about new technologies being developed and new companies being founded. We hear these excesses. Uh, what happened to TikTok? What happened to the document, docu documentary about Bourdain? We hear all these horror stories about AI and then it sort of becomes this big unknown gray cloud of I don't know what's going to do. It's most likely damaging for the industry. And people fear, I think, that kind of uh, change. What has comforted me is that I used to be scared that AI is going to disrupt voiceover and it's going to replace our, our human element. But I think it's just going to create a whole new category of voiceover. And there's actually more opportunity to work in audio than there was before. So I think it's a real asset to the industry. I tend to agree. In fact, uh, big news here for our listeners is that I've actually created an, an AI voice, and it's currently sitting on voice one, two, three under my regular profile. So people can go and hire either me or the synthetic version of me. So I'm wondering, in addition to that, what can voice actors do to either compete with or work with alongside synthetic voices? So this is one of the, uh, thanks for sharing that. I think this is one of the applications that we see it, right? So first of all, right now, AI is hype. And um, so everybody's looking for it. Everybody's interested in it. Everybody wants to hear it. So for you to just have an AI version of yourself, if anything, it's a good marketing tool, right? So it engages people that you want to build a relationship with that maybe want to buy the real deal or want to buy the AI version. It's good to have that component. It could go multiple directions, The this AI development. One is... Places like Voice on 3, where you can create a profile where you offer your services, and then just an additional service is the AI voice, like you're doing right now. Uh, might also be that we come up with a, a in-platform licensing structure, where let's say you have multiple categories, multiple characters, AI characters that you can use for, let's say, for specific gaming solutions or specific short-form narration, and you can start licensing them. Again, you can use them as a, as a slight replacement for auditioning. So auditioning is a very traditional way of looking at the industry, right? You need to audition 100 times, and then you get booked once. And that whole grind you have to go through, and over time you reduce the numbers, and you get booked more and more and more and more. Well, people who are new to the industry, uh, basically the marketeer for, the local, for, for a local marketing agency that needs to create a commercial, they're not going to go to an agency. They're not going to go to uh, the yellow pages. They're going to Google They're going to Google voiceover, they're going to land on a platform like Voice Hunter 3, and they have an idea in mind. Let's say I need a very happy, I need a happy guy, and I have a script, and I want to hear it in that voice. Like, the traditional way to do it is we're going to wait a couple of hours, I'm going to receive 20 editions, I'm going to review them all, and I'm going to select one. What AIs could potentially do is already give you a taster, taste of what the real deal is by simply typing in my script, and I can hear Sean, or I can hear Paul in, in, my, in the AI voice, and either I book that, or I contact uh, Paul or Sean directly. There's one of the many applications that I can see. And then there's these 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 hybrid versions where most clients who look for voiceover always have their deadline yesterday. And let's say it's it's a course that is 12, 12 different uh, 
elements and it needs to be done over the weekend and it's about 100 finished hours. Technically, you could go over that and you could really grind the entire weekend. But what if you can go into a conversation and say, okay, which needs to be really high, high performance acting and which one is more like filler? Well, if you have filler and there's AI, can really turn around the, the change the turnaround time can increase increase the speed maybe change part of the quote so there's all these different kind of application very cool i love this idea of thinking of ai voices as a supplement to your vo career rather than as a replacement because it complete like you said it completely changes the dynamic the relationship so now that the report is out what does v123 plan to do with ai voices in the future can you talk about that yeah so i would say Three months ago, I was very adamant on the idea, okay, we need to, so Voice on 3, you have a profile, you have a, all these different kind of playlists where you have audio samples, where you can expose basically what you're doing to, the, to our clients. And we try to be like a Google of voiceover. And I thought the very standard application of it might be the character approach that I just took. What if I already have uh, a conversational role there and I already have, a, let's say, a more uh, character kind of like a wizard role and I have that available on my platform I can type in the text as a client and then I can hear Paul and I, I book, I download that audio and I pay Paul like a passive kind of income. That might be one way that I thought it was uh, going to work. What I think needs to happen before that is first the technology needs to get slightly better. Um, the creative needs to still be in charge. And in this case, voice actors are the creative. What I think needs to happen in the next couple of years is that voice actors need to start recording an AI voice of themselves and start to offer it themselves to actors. And what Voice on 3 needs to do is make sure that there's proper uh, copyright, copyright protection, new type of contracting. We need to work with, uh, with the unions to make sure that there's a kind of a standard on how you work with this, so that both sides of the aisles know how to, how to work with this and how to buy this. I think we have a facilitating factor there, and we need to guide voice actors through which are companies that we should work with, which are companies that we may not have to work with. And then as part of that, we can start allowing our voice actors to start selling an AI version of their voice, even if it's a marketing component or real uh, type work. So what's happening next is there's so much unknown, like in how AI is going to be uh, changing the industry. But we, what we want to do is experiment with different kinds of solutions on Voice on the Three so that whoever is in the industry can look out for voice on the three and see, okay, these are the new trends. These are the new applications of it. And we're trying to do it all in the open. So we're trying to be one uh, big place where all of that happens. I personally think that's the only way to go. I don't think cowering in fear and hiding behind uh, the veil of secrecy is going to do anybody any good, unless it's a company that that is the point of their business to create voices yeah. that, that are anonymous and they don't want people to be able to hire outright. But I think just like, especially here in America, and I know not our entire audience is based in America, nor one of our current guests, but in America, <laughs> competition is king. And the only way to, to take down uh, some, a company or someone you don't think is doing something right is to compete with them. And I think that's the future. I think so too. And, and, and even if you come at it, like those kind of accesses where there will be a company trying to anonymize it and trying to make a unique voice out of it, and they will try to break it. But People in the voiceover industry don't buy voiceovers. They buy an experience. They buy a creative process. And throughout this entire change of AI coming into the industry, there's still a creative process happening where the voice actor is central to it all. Like whether you, if, you, if you have an AI voice, you still need to have the performance. And whether you have unlimited amount of buttons to make a, a voiceover more happy, more sad, 
like try to instill a note into into a a panel to change AI is going to be impossible. You're always going to need the people to perform the work. And AI is just a tool, a tool to enhance, a tool to create like the Irishman of uh, of AI. Remember that movie where mm-hmm. Al Pacino, yeah, they get older, younger and older. Like those kind of applications of AI can really enhance it. And I, I think the fearful approach is similar to the fearful approach that happened when companies like Voice on the Three came into the market about 20 years ago. I think it's not very wise to fight these changes, but to move with them and make them work for you because uh, all it's going to be very hard to to reverse technology that's already there. Bear in mind that when I joined in, in, in 2016 in Voice on to 3, we already had cases of voice actors submitting auditions using text-to-speak technology that was existing then. So people are using it and AI is already here for the last, uh, for the last couple of years. So to fight something that's already live is, is a bit strange. Indeed, like I just kind of preaching to the choir here, but it's like you can have your head in the sand, but you will quickly be left behind. And but as opposed to being involved with the process and creating this ideal solution where you're creating more opportunities for yourself than you can actually do in a 24 hour day. So uh, I think all the fear and the and the hatred is like like you said, it is a tool. It cannot be evil on its own. It's yeah. a neutral technology, but it's what we do with it and how we are involved with it. We might not like everything about it, but we should understand it and think about how we can use it ourselves. Precisely. And I and I think there's like the aversion towards this kind of change is maybe uh, forcing you to miss the boat. So one of the biggest growing categories in voiceover right now is text-to-speech voices. And that is just companies looking for voice actors to create one voice for their brand or or to help them train specific models. And these kind of projects, they pay a lot of money to the voice actor. But a lot of voice actors automatically say, no, I'm not involved with AI, I'm not going to do that. I think if you protect yourself well, and you set good agreements with the companies, and most companies have to have, to have good intentions, then there's, then there's an opportunity out there to make some serious, to increase your income. In fact, I think right now people are getting paid uh, to record AI voices or synthetic voices, whatever terminology you want to put on there. But in, within two or three years, it's going to be the other way around. You're going to start to have to pay companies to get an AI version of your voice. So I don't want you to miss the boat. Just be open, um, have your eyes open, protect yourself, but be part of the change. Yeah, I agree. So all that being said, it wouldn't be us if we didn't throw a little doom and gloom into the into the, the conversation. <laughs> so I'm wondering, do you see a point in the future where voice one, two, three will be all synthetic voice profiles? My biggest fear a couple of years ago was what if Shutterstock but then voices? Right? That mm-hmm. means that we're past humans and then there's just a catalog of voiceovers that are all AI and uh like you, you build a, a gaming character in Uni- Unity. When you build a game, like you can choose the shield, you can choose the face, you can choose the the size and the length of the of the character, and then you add an AI voice. Maybe it's just going to be the next asset. That was my fear. I'm I'm 100 sure that won't happen. So meaning that Voice on Three will never be all synthetic voices, because like I said, synthetic voices is basically AI voice is a copy the human voice, but it's just the voice. It's not the performance, it's not the experience, it's not the creative process. For the creative process, we need voice actors. And for the creative process, uh, we need the person and not the AI. So no, it's it's never going to be all synthetic voices. 
You always need the human element, right? Always. The human core. It will have an AI element. I think we're looking at it from the wrong way around. Yeah, I agree. To go back to your Irishman example, uh, even though they de-aged Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in a lot of those scenes, it still looked like Robert De Niro, especially in the way he walked. I mean, he still walked like he was a 75-year-old man, (laughs) even when he was supposed to be 22. So I think the human element, I hope, will always be there. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, this has been an incredible and very informative conversation, Rolf. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we let you go for the day? So, like, I, the the one reason we did this to share with is to share it with everybody. So, please look at the report, uh, go to the booth in Voice on the Three, where you see more of these kind of insights about the voiceover industry, not just about AI, but about the other things that are happening and that we think is shaping the industry for years to come. So, visit the booth to get more of these insights. Rolf, thanks so much for being here and hope to hear more from you soon. Thanks, Paul. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Wow, thanks, Rolf. That was great. Yes, AI Paul, I agree, Rolf, that was great. (laughs) It's not just a tool, but it's still a toy at this stage. (laughs) but that's great. Um, so that was so. Thank you again to Rolf and V one two three for for offering to to come on here and tell us about what you're doing and and again try to allay some fears and just shine some light on this really interesting development. Yeah, I just like Rolf. I I might get burned for this, but uh, I've always respected him, and I think he's pretty upfront. I know people think that sometimes he's talking in circles and doesn't actually answer a question, but I've never found it to be the case. I've always I think if you listen closely enough. You will hear what you want to hear, and I appreciate him coming on and sharing the report because, like he said, it's not as doom and gloom as a lot of people might think, and I look forward to where this might go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and we do have people in their corners. I like, I especially like, he's like, yeah, it's in our own best interest not to replace you guys. <laughs> like, we're a voice actor directory. So Yeah, and he um, did say he doesn't think there'll be a point where they will be all synthetic voices. Mm-hmm. Like we said at the beginning, there are people who will always want to work with people, whether it be animation, video game, audiobook, e-learning, commercial, right? So again, it's the clients who don't value the performance above all else that might look into this, but there are plenty who will always want to work with a person. Well, that's it for this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Coming up still, I know you've been waiting a long time, but we have interviews with John Malone, voice actor in L.A., and Dari Alan Nieves, who is a voice actor based out of Atlanta. And hope you uh, will tune in for both of those episodes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, 
visit us at www.voleader.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at The VO Meter. 